2: Welcome back to more To It, the show that takes a deep dive to the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Y'all hearing my voice already? We start with headline news and journey to deeper conversations, always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcellus Wiley, that dude in the building. Oh man, I'm losing a couple pounds, so you might not be seeing as much of me as you used to seeing. I mean, it ain't your cameras, it's not your computers, it's none of that, it's not your phone, it's just me slimming and trimming. I'm loving it. I don't know how much weight I lost, but I don't think that much. That's why I don't want to get on the scale. But we're going to have a great show because I'm feeling great because I'm feeling a little bit lighter. So let's always start off with, what's up with that dude? Okay. So yesterday, we just had a simple day around here. Girl taking swim lessons. Biscuit is at Taekwondo. My son loves Taekwondo. Don't have to worry about turning the engine on when it comes to Taekwondo. They do a great job, obviously, of showing them the physical skill set Footwork and kicks and balance, but also mentally the discipline these kids need and Still let them have fun. So that's the best part about it. Uh, He's super good at Taekwondo He's a brown belt so respect to him, but I had one of those selfish nights The wife was tired from all this work. She's been doing so she crashed around 730 put the kids to bed You know what I did because last night was Wednesday had to watch the series finale of Snowfall. But let me get corny on y'all and show you how I did it. So I never do this, watch TV outside in the backyard, typically because it's cold. Like LA nights are cold. We ain't Miami where we have warm nights. It's cold in LA, be warm during the day, Cold as hell at night, right? So this time, I said, oh, let me light a little fire, and I got a little selfish in the moment, you know? Lit a fire, had some tacos with that ketchup, and watched snowfall, and y'all know why I watched it in that setting, right? I'm watching Franklin, who from the hood, same neighborhood I'm from, right? And make it. Now, he made it a whole different way, slanging dope and selling rocks, but he made it and boy did he come crashing down and it was such like a surreal experience because I've been through so much of that journey and everything in there that it was symbolizing I had actually seen in my real life. I survived the real snowfall so I'm sitting back here just chilling feeling myself Had me a little drink, a little Tito's with a splash of my lemonade. Had me a little pre-roll, my boy hooked me up. It's legal in California, damn it. And I was just chilling watching snowfall in my backyard from the hood watching Franklin go through what he went through. No spoiler alerts here. Not going any further. Watch that last episode, man. It took me way back. All right, let's get this show started right now with somebody, Woo. Speaking of bad, oh man, my man Jonathan Majors is having major issues and they're going to worsen as more alleged victims cooperate with the DNA. Let me get the facts out there first. Okay, so we know that he had an incident, what was it, March 25th, um, allegedly harassment and a choking incident with a woman he knew. All right, that fast forwards to this part that I think Everyone was caught off guard. He released the text messages that he thought would show his innocence, but for many of the insiders and the people he worked with, oh, they had the opposite effect. And more questions were asked than answered. Namely, why the woman had lost consciousness, right? Someone in the industry said it read like a bad Lifetime movie. And that gave everyone pause, right? So then a Broadway actor comes out and says, good. Finally, he will stop doing what he's done to many other people. This is before all these other alleged victims have come forth. So now basically everyone in the industry is watching him lose project after project. He was dropped by his PR firm, etc. And they're all just sitting there saying on pause, we're waiting for what Marvel does. Because if Marvel says it's a wrap on Jonathan Majors... Man, you know, this whole cancel culture stuff is just got really real for him. And he's already going through it. But my first thought was this, because all this is still alleged. And even the victim tried to come and support Jonathan Majors. But it seemed like that was discarded because there's so much collateral evidence, there's already the court of public opinion that seems like it's already made him guilty. And when that Broadway actor came out and said what he said, then everyone said, mm, we all have to pause. What do you guys feel about snowball victims? If you never heard that term, a snowball victim is someone who was actually victimized, but didn't say anything in the moment. You know how we talk it in sports, right? Someone who got fouled in the first quarter but they wait to the fourth quarter to call that foul when you foul them. So snowball victims are people who wait for it to have momentum, wait for someone else to say something first, and then they come out. A lot of times they're met with suspicion, and a lot of times they're met with acceptance. It's an interesting conversation because this case that is supposed to be innocent till proven guilty was certainly swayed or at least the perception has been now by these snowball victims. But where were they before March 25th is the conversation. And how much impact will they have on this? For me, obviously, I can't sit there and say one way or the other, but my spidey sense is telling me that in this situation that we don't know half of what's going down. He is in an altercation with someone that supposedly he called the police to help her and then all of a sudden it flips Word now he is the one who has caused the harm and she's the victim already that was a little weird then she tries to support him and corroborate his story but that's not the same story she said at the hospital Ugh. now we got another turn then we got another turn where I don't know what lawyer and what law firm he has but it obviously it costs more than the one I have but this was a mistake to me. Who in the hell is letting out evidence that's supposed to help you and didn't read through it enough to know that wasn't foolproof support of Jonathan Majors. I easily read that as these insiders read it like, wait a minute, that's what you said happened? If you said that happened, then why did this occur? It really just made you open up Pandora's box more than you did before those messages. Plus, I was taught never say anything to the police and never say anything to the public. But I'm not in this situation right now. This firestorm is being weighed out in the court of public opinion. Oh, man, it's a lot to see here because you would hate to see him fall from such heights. And it seemed like just yesterday he got to that level and already it seems like he's being pulled down. Whatever happened, the real, the truth will set him free. And I hope that he did the right thing in that moment, because if not, Ain't no covering it up, because now them snowballs are coming. About to talk about Draymond Jr. without the rings. <laughs> Dylan Brooks, my man, who be wolfing all on the court, talking big noise. Woo! Well, he talk some trash to the king, threw some rocks at the throne. And I guess since they won the game, especially without Ja Morant, some of those rocks must have connected. So you see the Lakers go out there and lose to Memphis without their best player interesting not what you want especially playoff time so brooks in the memphis grizzlies they won by 10 points over the lakers game two we all saw that series is tied 1-1 now they coming back to the west side crypto.com arena right that's everybody now they be clowning oh man that's a bad name for arena especially when crypto was taking them hits but that's where they're going back tie 1-1 brooks finished with 12 points shot 5 for 14 whatever we don't care about none of that care about his defense and his wolfing James shot a game high 28 points, had 12 boards for the losing Lakers. Okay, now the chirping started in the second half. So when I read articles or when I watch games, whatever it is to digest the information, right? To watch the games. I always piece it out and I'm very particular. Like I go through frame by frame. because there's so much information almost in every sentence. Did y'all catch this? Let me say it again. Brooks and James were chirping at each other in the second half of the game. Ah. So Dylan Brooks has a game plan, right? Now his game plan is to try to get underneath your skin, play tremendous defense, play that mental warfare game, and see if it has an effect on you. The greater the player, the greater the effect, right? And I noticed in this game, he waited to the second half. Okay, why would you wait? If that's your game plan, you should come out with that. Well, I think Dylan Brooks is showing his insecurity more than his confidence. Now, I've always known this, and this is one of the things that saved me from really getting destroyed growing up, that the hard ones, that the bullies, are actually the scared ones. They're the ones who are really on the inside fragile, brittle, and y'all not going to convince me otherwise. One, I grew up with uncles who were the OGs, the gangsters. And I knew, because I knew my uncles, mentally and like deep down spiritually, they were the ones broken. So therefore, to put the armor on, they will go outside to make sure no one really tested them. No one came at them. They punched first. They strike first. They get it started because they don't want you returning that fire. So notice that with bullies, they strike out because really inside here, they don't want you to see all them issues, all them holes. I digress. I notice that also with people when they play sports. Like when you really start woofing, immediately I go to, oh this cat already got. Not the other way around and it's funny The narrative is the one who's instigating is the strong one. The one who's instigating is the superior one, right? He the one chopping it up. Nah, that is actually showing you a hole in their game. But at the same time, A lot of guys can still back it up. Don't confuse the two. I know a Michael Jordan, a Deion Sanders, and they talk in different spirits than a Dylan Brooks. I really like on that Dylan Brooks, kind of Draymond Green. Those guys that know they have limitations and therefore it comes out the way it does. So those guys are just hilarious to me hilarious to LeBron James as well because you ain't stopping LeBron James off no wolf tickets and you're not going to make him change his game because you got in his ear you're going to have to really defend the dude but the funniest part about it all was this, so they get into it in the second half, we saw it briefly in the third quarter, they started celebrating, he was in his face at a timeout, then Brooks drilled a three over LeBron in the fourth quarter, stared him down, oh LeBron shook, right? But this is the funniest part. Not only does Brooks in, like, support this and endorse this role, he feels that's his job on the team. And he measures it by the fact that LeBron didn't drop 40 on him. He says, I poke bears. I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. You hear that? Like 39, oh no, man, forget this fool. He ain't nobody. 39 points on you. He's like, if you don't give me 40, no respect for you, Right? So he didn't even stop there. He also said he wished that he would have been able to guard James when he was playing on either the Heat or the Cavaliers because it would have been a harder task. He's like, the dude is just old now. I am not worried about LeBron James. Now, it's crazy because LeBron James, we know, 38 years old. He has had five games over 40 points this year. Easily, he could come back to crypto and give him 40. But I don't think LeBron James is playing for the Dylan Brooks respectometer, meter But when I see him woofing, the worst part about it being an opponent of that is it's all within the rules, right? Like there's a certain subjective point where you can say something and get a tech. There's an obviously objective place where if you physically do something, we can obviously give you a foul. But when someone is woofing within the reason of the referees in the realm of what they say, hey, that's okay, that's allowed. Because if you ever go to an NBA game and is in earshot, oh my God, the chirping is so much. The end bombs are dropping. The MFs is everywhere, right? So to that point, they allow a lot in the NBA. And Dylan Brooks goes past that point. And then even a Draymond and Dylan at times, they cross the line. So, LeBron got to deal with this, every player got to deal with this, how much y'all think that really changes the game? You talking about the highest skilled players in the world, we talking about degrees of black belts, you think they getting affected by the war of words, you hear somebody who played against Jordan, you have to say yeah, and I'm like dog, how in the hell, but I play football where nothing talks louder, than those pads we put on. So maybe it's just a difference in sports because you can say whatever you want, but when you bring that pay, oh, that's the only thing I'm hearing. About to talk about, ah, let me say it. I think it's my third favorite quarterback and boy, you talking about this tight at the top. My favorite quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Why? Because He's just so damn fast. It's just simple. Like he can flick it. I like how he flicks it. He got a little bit of that like Vic flick to him. Like it doesn't look like it's full of effort. Cause I I say what you want when I see a quarterback going, I'm like, Oh man, I should have played quarterback then. But when I see him go like this and I'm like, that wall, did that ball go 80 yards? (laughs) It's like, wow, but I love the elusiveness. I mean, man, I am just into it. Like watching a video game quarterback. Ah, but then there's Justin Herbert who is just silly. He can run and he can flick it like that. But Josh Allen's right there as well cuz Josh Allen, he's like RoboCop out there just and just just, just get out of my way and this I mean, this dude is gigantic. I remember meeting him at the rookie symposium. I got a chance to speak to his rookie class. I was like, "God dog, this is a quarterback. What the hell is this?" Well, he's talking about changing this game right now. Putting the seatbelt on you know what happens when you run the ball a lot and you're a big dude and you're taking all those hits. It's time to play safer. Alright, so he says he needs to make these changes to his game so he can continue to do this at that level. Alright, so he made two things clear when he was talking to the reporters. He said one, his football commitment, and two, the changes to his game are both things he's focusing on this offseason. Let's talk about the football commitment first. Because people were out there chirping. They were like, Josh Allen, I mean, you play football, not golf. You got an excursion after excursion. We know nobody wants to be in Buffalo in the winter. Not even the spring, for real, because it ain't like it's nice in Buffalo for the spring. It's just nicer everywhere else, damn it. Come to L.A. for the spring. So what you talking about? So Josh tried to play it off by keep going on these golf trips. And then in Buffalo, they don't play that. Like in Buffalo, they used to tailgate for a Sunday game on a Wednesday. Them suckers is watching. They like, hey Josh, where you be at, homie? (laughs) Like, you ain't in them streets. So, you gonna have to put in work in Buffalo if you gonna be a Bill. So, it's funny he talks about both of those things and he says, look, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm getting older. It's like I can't continue to do this. I know when I'm using my youth, I feel like I can, but over the course of my career gonna have to learn to adapt and change. I've always had the mindset of I've been a football player first and a quarterback second and at some point that's gonna have to switch <laughs> when that point is I don't know I guess I'll let my body tell me interesting now from that quote I broke down a couple of things one don't let your body tell you let your mind tell your body <laughs> because if you let your body tell you it may be too late there are things that happen to people that are catastrophic that alter who they are right By style of play. Give you an extreme example, RG3. Oh, I remember RG3 went down before the playoffs, and I was like, that dude had an amazing rookie year. He better not come back. I remember testifying to my boys, don't come back. You ain't going to be ready for the playoffs, and he came out there, and I don't know how many plays he lasted, but I swear he evaporated on that field. You could just see how he was running and laboring, and then on one play, he just went womp, 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 and we never saw RG3 again. Don't let your body tell you, brother. Let your mind tell your body. Another thing about it is it's interesting that people are questioning his commitment just because he's not physically there doing the work. And that was always a tug-of-war between fans and perception and an actual player's work ethic. Because I know some Hall of Famers that never were at the facilities. And then I also knew some guys who lived at the facilities that couldn't even step on the field because they weren't good enough. You know, it's like a weird balancing act of... I got to display my commitment versus my actual actions and work in my commitment, right? You got to open up the curtains to the theater so everyone can see that you're practicing and performing. Instead of just saying, no, I'm in there getting my work, I'll open it up for tickets <laughs> when it's time to go ball. So I used to laugh when people didn't think you were working just because they didn't see you were working or people weren't saying you were working. It's like, no, how do you think I get this good? Remember Dwight Howard used to always get clowns? And I used to laugh, like, I used to laugh at the people who were laughing at Dwight Howard because they really think that he just woke up 6'10", got out the bed, and decided to just be that damn good but never worked at it, right? Like, it's okay for anyone who didn't make it to just sit back and respect and almost marvel at the distance between how you can play a sport and how well even the guy you don't like who is in the pros can play that sport. That gap is wider than the Pacific Ocean, okay? It's okay, because guess what? That's the same gap I have for basketball players. The same gap I have for track runners. Like, dog. no matter how fast I am or how big I am, how strong I am, you think I look at a professional weightlifter like, oh man, He ain't even working that hard. That sucker has to grind to keep that divide that wide. So put some respect on Josh Allen for putting in the work. We obviously have seen his career just do that in individual production and a little bit of that in the team production, but still Super Bowl contender. Now, he needs to fix something else, and it's not so much how he plays the game. Injuries come as soon as you step on the field. Let's stop that. Tom Brady missed the entire season. Peyton Manning missed the entire season. And those two dudes can't run because they stuck in concrete, right? Two Statue of Liberties back there. And they both got broke down. Missed more games than Lamar Jackson. So let's stop with that. But let's start with this. Uh, My man Josh Allen, last year we saw him in the postseason, two games. Barely beat Miami, whatever, a win's a win. But then got slammed by Cincinnati. And you know, in those two games combined, people didn't really put this out there as headline, but um, through more interceptions and touchdown passes, and it just didn't add up. What they need to work on is another wrinkle beyond Josh Allen doing everything. So hopefully his body stands up. Obviously, I know he's committed. You can't be that damn good and not committed. Hey, it's okay to play the game with the fans, play the game with the organization, show up, and show out and then show them the <laughs> so you can go and have your fun and get your golf in. So I think this situation's gonna work out good for Buffalo. They get them a running back, their running game gets fixed. Josh Allen ain't the only reason up there that plays happen and that the ball moves up the field. Buffalo gonna be special this year. I'm about to talk about Tua. And let me try this. Drums. <laughs> Togabaloa. baloa. Hello, uh. <laughs> all right, he and Missy considered retirement, sound like I'm concussed the way I'm saying that last name. All right, we know who Tua is, man, he had two concussions last year, maybe three, um, and now he's talking about it, and he said he thought about walking away from the game after that Christmas Day concussion that ended his season, he said, quote, yeah, I think I considered it. Is he still concussed? I think I considered. <laughs> I love you. Thinking about considering. Yep. You know for a time, having sat down with my family, having sat down with my wife, she ain't part of your family? Let me stop. And having those kind of conversations, Tua said. Really? It'll be hard for me to walk away from this game with how old I am with my son. Oh, all right. I I'd see where you're going. Always dreamed of growing, playing as long as I could to where my son knew exactly what he was watching his dad do. mm yeah, I mean, it's my health, it's my body. I feel like this is what's best for me and my family. I love the game of football. If I didn't, I would have quit a long time ago. All right, it. woo! Not the strongest of motivations to continue to play the game of football. Um, and I'll tell you why. Look, many a men have played the game of football and it wasn't for the, the conscious thought of their kids knowing what they were doing. But that can motivate you, right? That obviously would have been a motivating factor for me if MJ was alive and conscious of it, but my daughter was. And I never continued to play longer so she can be conscious of how good her daddy was. Let me tell you why. Because that can't be in priority to all the work and rigors that you're gonna deal with that that person is not gonna be there. Here's an example. Right? This is one example why you gotta sooner or later just leave the nest. You know, you gotta let your kids make their own decisions. Because when it comes decision time, that decision that you're trying to make for them, they have to live through it. So you could be the person to say, you're going to this school because I went to this school, damn it. And that's not what the kid wants. But the kid is gonna honor you and is gonna do it for you. But then the kid has to do it and go to class every day, in the winter, in the cold times, in the hot times, in the bad times, do all that work, and they're doing it in honor of you, I've always disputed that. I've always questioned, like, uh, how far are you really going to go doing it for somebody else? It has to really start selfishly with you. Now, we know what selfish and selfless have in common. Self. So Tua said first it's about his son and it was about his family, but then he brought it back. It's about Tua. Now we know Tua's a beast, we know Tua's a worker, and I'm glad he got his flowers last year. Even though we kept throwing flower petal after pedal, just saying, damn, we gotta stop throwing them, because he kept missing action. But for a guy who was Kind of in question of how good he could translate his skills. I think he answered most, if not all, those questions last year, even in that spot duty. Tua wants it himself. Tua went out there and started challenging himself to figure out ways to get this situation handled. And this is going to be interesting. He's been doing jujitsu, right? To learn how to fall, basically. Ah, he's training himself how to fall. And this is something I've always talked to fans about because I got in a couple accidents before and I was able to manipulate, maneuver in the air because I had learned how to fall. Now, I didn't take jiu-jitsu, I just played enough football and was conscious enough, like, yo, there are different ways to land on this ground. There are alternatives to just taking all the hell every single play, right? So, Tua's now learned that. And supposedly, he said, all off-season, he's been thrown up in in the air, landing on the ground, contorted, all these different ways to learn how to fall, to stop that simple fall, right? You see a little kid fall, a little kid always falls like the same way, like neck, loose, just limber, and fall that way. Tua is now working on that fall. (sighs) Is that going to translate to when the game comes? I hope so, because I want Tua to keep balling, and I don't want Tua to be interrupted from his balling just because of concussions, but He did ask himself about retiring. And the old saying is, once you think about retiring, you are retiring. I don't know. But let's say this. What if Tua gets rocked? Not even knocked out. There's a difference, right? Get your bell rung. Like, oh, my God. Is Tua going to be incentivized to tell anybody? Two, is Tua going to want to actually do what's necessary to recover from that? Or is he going to play it off? Raising my hand coach, I'm playing it off, (laughs) right? I am not going to let y'all end on my third or fourth concussion. So, now two is in that position. So, when something else happens to him, he's not going to get the proper medical attention probably. Then, are you going to now take it from there to should you retire? Is the sun going to stop you from that thought process from actually retiring? your family. I know you make a grip playing football, and you make two grips when you play quarterback in the NFL. But at the same time, what's going to stop Tua from playing? A concussion where he's forced to stop playing, medically not approved, or is Tua finally going to have to say if he gets another concussion, enough is enough. These are all the things he's thinking about before he said, "98, 98." Y'all get it now, man. Football's so much more than those muscles and those pads we see on the outside. It's all these things going on in the mentals as well, and the organization is sitting there. Let's watch this draft. Let's see how they play it off in terms of having their backup situation, in terms of not just on the roster currently, but growth, blossoming late bloomer, we'll see what falls to them. So, Tua has a lot on his head, pun intended, Uh, a lot on his plate, man, to just think about. And then, you still got to play like you never thought about a concussion because you got to get mindless out there. If you don't get mindless out there, dog, you just playing handicapped. You just playing out there with a crutch. You got a ball till you fall. You can't ball till you crawl, and then fall. You can't stall the ball when you fall, <laughs> you get it? And that's the toughest part about sports. That's why you gotta salute the greats, because somehow, someway, they kept getting knocked down, but they didn't hit their head, stay down, and they found a way to get up. All right, y'all, y'all know how we end every show with a Wileyism. Let's get this one out, because this is dope. Oh, my man, you know who they say the OG coach of them all, Vince Lombardi said, Winning is habit. Unfortunately, so is losing, (laughs) right? Woo! Let's talk about Uncle Mo. Everybody know Uncle Mo. That's Uncle Momentum, right? It doesn't just happen in games when you say, oh, they went on a 10-2 run or, oh my God, 21 unanswered points. Momentum is not just in those contexts. It's in our life context as well, right? You can get on a roll and then you know what happens with momentum, those starts, that positive energy that you're transmitting just continues to build, to multiply, to magnify, right? And that's a positive. So, winning is a habit. But also, it could go the other way, right? And it's a thin line between a win and a loss in life, right? It's that close. Forking the road situations. Man, if you didn't stop at that red light, what would have happened, right? You were thinking about running that red light. Who hasn't been there, right? Who didn't make that turn and say, "Woo! thank God I was smart in that moment instead of hanging with them. Mm-hmm, you get it, right? So negative things can also happen and they can snowball as well. Now the key to stopping the snowball and the negative is to remember they're not connected. So you can't let that negative snowflake Connect with that next negative slow flick. Now, when they're positive, oh, bundle them up. <laughs> Make the biggest meat patty you can. But when they're negative, remind yourself they're not connected. And I know we all go through that mental game of thinking, that happened this morning. People say this all the time. When that happened this morning, I knew my day was going. Did you just wreck your day did you just put a spell on your day you really did oh i woke up on the wrong side of the bed what the hell does that mean you woke up it's the right side of the bed if you woke up blessing so always remember man connect them when they're positive disconnect them when they're negative because winning is habit unfortunately so is losing that's gonna do it for more to it check the show notes for all, all the information on our topics today today want to keep the conversation going let's talk find me on all socials at marcellus wiley more to it production of dan patrick Productions, Dat dude entertainment and workhouse media the show is executive produced by dan patrick marcellus wiley that's me paul anderson and nick Panella. i'm marcellus wiley and thanks for listening thanks for all the reviews the subscriptions the ratings and hope y'all pumped to join the membership program on youtube become a dat dudes dude or dat dudes diva keep them coming there's more coming for more to it talk to y'all hella soon go
1: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever